just clean the love is cool, love is something Oh, doctor can't cure when a girl want to take me on a loving tour She want to take me off on the bed, I can't up on the floor She want to keep me loving more and more Trying to become for left down the score I, I want to tell them, Rupert, follow me now I want to tell them Crazy love when the girl she asks for Get it today and then she want it tomorrow Crazy love says she have to see the dapper She want a lover who can kill her with the stamina Crazy love say it makes you feel so better In all the winter, spring, the fall and the summer Crazy love, she's a four season lover She want a lover who can do it now the Well conversation is for two so baby move closer Want to whisper in your ears and tell you about your figure Your sexy figure, your headlamp on your bumper Tell no worry about she living bound that she no matter Yes, yes, this is a Black Russian podcast. This is Tion. <laughs> this is Yula. And, wow, you just got really loud all of a sudden. That's how you mic'd me. Did you change your tone? I didn't. All right, good. Say it again. I'm Yula. Still yeah. Yula. All right. Still Yula, still Tion. This is the Black Russian podcast, episode 34. Not to be confused with 33.1. It's actually 34. Someone's numbering convention got screwed up? Yeah, a little something, something. But we're back at it, chilling on a nice Sunday after tours, after trips, after all that good stuff. So before we go into any of that juicy, 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 juicy stuff, you guys are probably already subscribing. But if not, you should subscribe and tell 15 of your friends. Go subscribe. Subscribe to the Black Muffin Fafa Fast and... <laughs> And you tell them, and you tell them they should like it and make comments and stuff. Because we want to tour and go to your city and sit in your living room with your friends and have this conversation with all your friends and folks. So subscribe, like, tell your friends to listen, like, subscribe, and comment. Right? Yep. But before we go any further, we like to say this all the time. We'll say it again. No relationship style monogamous, non-monogamous, any variation of anything is no more or less divine than the other. It's the quality of work that's put in between the two people and most importantly, within themselves. Can we move past focusing on the template as opposed to the quality of the content? People, people, people. I'm this, I'm that. It's not a football team. It's not like non-monogamous or the the New York Giants and the, and the monogamous of the Patriots. Like, it's not that. We flow in between all of it. None of us are all monogamous in everything we do, nor are we all non or poly or omni or whatever the fuck. We're yeah, but it's everything. scary to say I'm not monogamous. <sighs> I know, I know, I know, I know. It's tough. It's crazy. I'm trying to get you past say it, it. Once you say it, it's over. God it's like knows life. what's going to happen. Right. And we're not against monogamy. 
We're against mandated, non-thought-through monogamy that makes you assume that that is the only way and anything after that is pure fuckery and bullshit, which I tend to see on these comments and see every now and then and it drives me nuts. And we're not saying that polyamory or non-monogamy is the best shit ever because the quality of the people will determine whether it's good, bad, or fucked up in any template of relationship. But all we ask is think beyond the template. Just because someone is monogamous does not make them right for you. Just because someone is non-monogamous doesn't make them wrong for you. How about the quality of the content? How about we define relationships by, I want a relationship that's loving, trusting, open, honesty, caring, good communication. That's funny. I just had that conversation with Aaron. Yeah. Let's have that. And then whatever that shit comes in, whatever shape that comes in, that's the way. As opposed to, I want a monogamous relationship and then everything else is secondary. It's like, how about I want, speak of the quality of the feelings and the content. I want be with someone who is consistent, who is loving, who is fun, who is daring, who is consistent, who is positive, who can communicate openly. And then figure out what that comes in, because that probably comes in many different shapes and sizes. Yeah, but what do you do with that desire to have someone that is all yours? Then you got to unpack that shit and figure out why you want them to be all yours. Because you don't really want to be all somebody else's all the time. You do when you want to, but then when you don't want to do that, all of a sudden, you're not, you don't own me. You know, we start doing all that shit. Everybody acts like we want freedom, but yet we clamor to shit that makes us not free. Anyway, so, but I digress. But no style is better or worse. It's about the quality of the people involved, the quality of work they put in, and most importantly, the quality of work we put in ourselves. Because to be real, on the real with y'all, the relationship shit we talk about is really a metaphor for the relationship you have with yourself. Because every other relationship will mirror or be affected by our relationship we have with ourselves, our traumas, our fears, our hopes, our doubts, and our ability to work with them, listen to them, and grow. So here's what our 16-year-old son is doing at the moment when uh, I think most other 16-year-olds either try to get into a relationship or stay in a relationship or chase after something. He's like, whoa, so this girl that I've had this relationship with is really super cool, but I'm learning that I just don't want to be in a relationship where I feel I have obligations beyond what I feel I need to do because I'm still learning what in the world I'm doing and how I'm doing it and what my preferred schedule is, what are my passions, you know, how much time do I want to spend on this versus that? And I really don't feel that it's fair for me to be trying to do that while I'm also feeling obligated to cater to somebody else. Right, which is big. Yeah, and he is like, was talking to her yesterday, like, hey, you should be doing the same. I think it'd be great for both of us. How about we stop calling this a relationship or boyfriend-girlfriend You know, we are friends, we care for each other, we basically do what we do, but there's no obligation, we're not tethered to each other, and we're just learning how to navigate this life. Right, encourage each other to grow and explore and figure that, you know, I mean, it's brand new right now, it's brand new time. No, but also I think that um, realizing that at 16, that hey, I don't know myself, 
I don't know how I work. I don't know what I like, what I don't like, how much time I want to spend skating versus painting versus drawing versus playing bass versus doing schoolwork versus, you know, just dorking off on my phone right. uh, versus hanging out with a girl, one girl, two girls. I have no idea. Right. So I got to figure that out first before I can actually be responsible for somebody else. Right, which is so wise and ahead of the curve, and we're so grateful. Um, and we'd like to think that we have at least a little bit of a role in that because we don't um, condemn them. We don't. We're not rigid. We don't scold. We don't. So, you know, it could, a parent could have very easily in that situation told them, "No, you got to choose. You got to be in a relationship, and when you're with them, you're committed, and that's it. And you got to make those sacrifices, and you know, all these things and that." And we're just like, you know, yeah. You get time to figure it out. I mean, life, I would say, that's a philosophy to have during life is like, you know, we're ever changing. It's not like we, we're only changing when we're young and then we get in our 20s or 30s and we just stop changing. We're always changing. It's just as we get older, we create structures and commit to structures that um, hinder certain areas of our growth and changing. And then we get a box. So, but understanding, if we could understand that we need a little bit of room to evolve, to retract, to amend, to grow, to declare, to move to the left, to radically change. <laughs> um, we'd probably be better off because we are moving, evolving people, spirits, so to speak. Yeah, I just like it that um, he's so clear about, like, no, why, why do I have to be in a relationship again? Tell me why is this good for me? Right. Like, he's like, I'm feeling that it's not good for me. Right. You yeah. know, and I think, you know, I told him, like, hey, as long as you are kind and honest, uh, you know, then, yeah, you should be speaking your truth. Yeah. Just in a very kind and honest way. And if you don't want to be friends, don't tell her you want to be friends. Right. Just, you know, be truthful. But if you really do, then you better be a good friend. Right. And it gets into what we're going to talk about later, which is, um, really speaking your truth and, you know, being able to just be clear and true and not brush people off, yeah. not make up excuses because you want to make them feel better when we really know. We make excuses for, you know, to make ourselves not have to deal with people's feelings. It's not to make them feel better or let them off easy. When yeah, you, I think you know, he, you know, I asked him today if he had the conversation. He said yes, and it was good. Right. And good, good on her for, um, you know, hanging in there. Yeah, no, she, he said she was upset at first when she thought that that meant that he wasn't going to be in her life. But right. as soon as she was able to hear that he's not going anywhere, right? it's it's easier. Yeah. You know, but and I think it's so important for girls to not get stuck on this uh, I need a boyfriend thing. Right. And then, you know, um, work through the sex piece with you know the sex in the relationship is okay but in the friendship right that's not, not called okay. a boyfriend girlfriend relationship it's not okay right. you know all that stuff i think they're going to work through that consciously so it's going to be really good yeah. for both of them and once again that ties right into what we're talking about it's not about the template it's about the quality of content i would rather our son, daughter, um, have sex with someone who's loving, caring, compassionate, respectful, respectful rather than 
first I want them to be married or right. boyfriend or girlfriend. Like back right. in the old days, it was like, it didn't matter if the relationship was good or not. If right. you got pregnant, you need to marry that person. Yeah. Didn't matter if this person was for you, not for you, good or bad. And people don't even ask, are they kind to you? Do they care about you? Are they respectful? We never ask that shit. We just go with the templates and we're trying to really get, go a little deeper. In 2018 and into 19, let's go deeper. Like if you are about something, go deeper. Why are you about that? What, right. no, learn, learn about it. But yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it was pretty funny how I was asking him about the sex piece because I don't know, you know, how far, I don't, I don't know anything right. about their, you know, sex expectations. I have no idea. Right. So I was like, well, you know, and you have to think about uh, sex, you know, and have her tell you what she wants to do with it. I don't know if you guys, you know, where are you guys with that? And he's looking at me like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, you have you up, had, have you, you put out a doll? You put out a doll and no, like, no, where, I did, was where like, did you touch her? No, I was where like, did she touch you? have you guys had sex? And he's sitting there looking at me with like his big thinking eyes like, well, I don't, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, well, what is sex? I'm like, well, I, and he was clearly like trying to figure out, like I could see that he was calculating like or going through oh, like, oh, is this sex? Is that sex? And I was like, well, you know, to me, like anything that involves touching of you know intimate organs is sex so he goes yeah okay all right so you guys like somewhere on the spectrum over there right see you should have has me come in the room i would have been like so have you played tune in tokyo (laughs) have you yodeled yodeled in the valley oh yeah has she gone down for a mic check (laughs) has she gone down for a mic check like with her hand style or was it an oral dissertation Uh, Awesome. We can have that. I'm sure he's he's more than open to it. But it was pretty funny because, you know, I'm like talking to him about it. And I'm more, I think, liberal about what sex is versus what he thinks it is. Right. But, you know, that was cool. Yeah, I just awesome. enjoy that he has no hang-ups and he's like, hey, mom, I, what do you think about this? Right. Yeah, the fact that he can just come to you and talk to us about these things um, is amazing because most of us would never go talk to our parents about this stuff as a teenager, even now. <laughs> you know, so being able to do that early sets of precedence and changes the whole, you know, justifiable lies and stuff that we talked about in our last episode. So that's awesome. Let's go into our quotes and we'll recap a little bit of the last episode. So my quote number one is, how do you find self-love? You dig, you isolate, and you ache from being lonely. You heal, you accept, you look in the mirror and see your divinity. You don't run, you don't go chase, you don't fill voids, you don't do object referral, masking, pampering, quick fixing, because no matter how much you get on the outside, if you haven't dealt with it on the inside, it's going to be there waiting for you. Kicking it. That seems like a long process. Yeah. It's usually longer than most want to wait. That's why they give up and just go object referral and, and just do it all out. But, you know, you know, it's going from when you're alone, going from being lonely to just being happily alone and realizing that you're actually not alone. There's a lot of shit. In, there's a lot more people inside of you than you realize. There's a lot more energies, 
points of view, personalities, impulses, thoughts. So it's, I think when people say they're lonely, I think they're just, uh, they're not comfortable with being with themselves. There's lots of shit inside of themselves. They don't really want to deal with it here. So it's lonely. It's like, I don't want to be in here with these guys. (laughs) Or I'm so used to other distractions, you know, which keep me away from these guys. Right. Right. So, you know, if we can shift from being, when we're alone, shift it from being, I'm lonely as opposed and then being like I'm happily alone like I would love I appreciate good company but if I don't have it you know I'm good so that goes into my next quote I'll go the other way if you cannot find a good companion to walk with walk alone like an elephant roaming the jungle it is better to be alone than to be with those who will hinder your progress and that's another thing people will choose company over quality nutrients. We just want sometimes somebody to be there, someone to love us. We don't care what the fuck they do or afterwards. We ask those questions afterwards. We just want someone to love us. We'll deal with the rest later. Um, you know, that's well, because one. we're taught that you know you need to find your other half to make whole. Right. No, 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 no. We. I mean, somehow you're born halfway there. Right. We don't yuck people's yums, but we strongly oppose. Are you my other half? That other half of what? The Black Russian know. Podcast? Yes, for sure. <laughs> the other half of Eula? No. Uh, and then the last one. You know you're winning when you're happy for no reason. When you don't attach your happiness to anything or anyone, you become free. I would like to amend that and say, when you don't attach your happiness to any specific one person, place, or thing. Because I believe that we do need other people, other places, other things, because we're all interdependent. Messages come through all these things in our lives so it's not like if you just isolate sit in the room you're perfect you know we do need environment we do need stimulus but not any one specific so what do you so. do you think that people that you know seek spirituality or spiritual highs through isolation being on their own not needing physical touch you know transcending physical touch right. through tantra and you know achieving sexual heights without actually touch what do you think about that well i would say the same i'm leading i don't yuck anybody's yum i don't claim that i know what's the best way for every person to, to connect and be interdependent um if you choose and feel that your calling is to not touch and to go just through energy by all means go for it um but the reality is even those people, because we know a few of those people, they're still very interdependent. They need other people because they seek to teach or to be validated or to connect. Right. So, so. It, it could be like it could be one of those things that's driven by ego. Yeah. Well, everything could be driven by ego, and only the person really knows and has to be be mindful of that. Because not every person who lights incense, who wears Hotep medallions, who says they're woke. It's African medallions and you know African consciousness, or does yoga, or says Namaste. (laughs) Um, It's spiritual and is doing it for the right reasons. It's really about the quality of work, the energy, and the integrity, and how they treat other people and how we interact. So, you know, like I said, once again, I'm going to say this is my episode. I'm just going to be like, fuck the shell the packaging the template someone could look like a yogi 
and be as patriarchal, misogynistic, and ego-driven as a guy in a suit and a tie. Go deeper. Go deeper. Those are my three. Namaste. Ching, ching. Where are oh. your medallions? Ting. <laughs> Where are your medallions? I want to know. They're, they're on my body. Okay. All right. So I have two, and then I have a paraphrase of one I couldn't find. Uh, if we keep... If, uh, yeah, it's awesome. If we can keep from grasping at others with the selfish fear of losing them, then the energy of love increases and its quality of giving energy to others opens and expands. Truth. I wonder if our child is going to find out that his desire to give to other people increases once he detaches from the shell of the of being put in a boyfriend position. Works for me. That's always remember I always say to you, if you let me be you, I mean, oh, if you let me be you. If, you. if you let me be me, I will give you the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if you let me be me and you love me for who I am, I will have infinite love for you. Because that's very rare. Not it's really hard to love somebody for who they are without trying to change them, condition, modify based upon our fears and discomforts. I'm just trying to think if there's been anything that I've been trying to change other than you drinking coffee with a damn spoon in it. <laughs> but even that, I guess, I've been unsuccessful. Mm. In order to emerge from our pain, we have to enter it. When we thus relate to our pain, cultivating intimacy with it, we start liberating ourselves from our pain and from the painful consequences of avoiding our pain. I think I've been talking uh, in this episode, we're going to talk more about um, the actual physical feelings of emotions, including fear and pain. Um, I am curious to, of course, I, I was going to do a survey and never did. Uh, but I'm curious to see how uh, what I feel and experience relates to other people's feelings and experiences when, when going through it. And then I also have a hypothesis that we have, oops, uh, we, the fear of being afraid is worse than the actual feeling itself. Right. Or at the very least, this is as bad. So it amplifies whatever it is that we're afraid of. It makes it so much worse. So I think getting comfy, uh, relating to it and just going through it makes it so much easier that whole painful consequences of avoiding our pain mm -hmm. is at least half of our problem. Oh, yeah. Um, and the third one, I was listening to a podcast where uh, this woman was interviewing Esther Perel, mm -hmm. and they were talking about, just about whatever, you know, how Esther works and all that good stuff. And she said something that they really, really appreciated. She was like, you know, I'm not American, I always appreciate that. And as such, I don't have attachment to providing solutions. Right. I really don't. I What I do is, you know, I'm not here to give you a 10-point list of how to solve a problem. Right. Especially when I don't know all the, con all the circumstance. Right. 
I'm here to listen to you and to give you, hopefully give you some tools to have a better way of navigating your own circumstance and maybe having, giving you a different perspective on it. Right. But I'm not here to solve, give you solutions. I think that, so lots of us are so solution-oriented, and a lot of the times there is no solu- solution. It's just living. Right. Living and breathing and learning how to, you know, ride through whatever feelings we encounter and, you know, create joy and understand that there's not going to be easy sailing all the way through. There's going to be different patches of it. And there is no one out there that will sell us a book and give us, you know, 10-step, 12-step, 20-step right. solutions. That's, that's worth their weight in salt. Yeah, just like you can't buy a supplement that will solve your whatever, overweight problems. Right. or You know, like, it's just, it, it, there's not a solution like that. But this culture is just so, give me a pill, give me a book right. to read go you know let me go to ayahuasca you know it just it's ridiculous yeah no it's true and it's you know so we learn it's a synergy of things and tools and action and movement that can create solutions and most solutions are uh temporary because things everything's changing so you'll have to use some variation of an equation later a little bit more of this a little bit less of that Breathing this, remembering that, forgetting that, learning this. I mean, we're always, it's a fluid life. Things are right. always changing. Um, our environment's always changing. You know, we think we got it dialed in, and then the next day, we completely are knocked on our ass, maybe from the shitty news from the government political shit, or maybe it's just something happening in your family or your relationships or yourself, and then it just sends you in a whole direction. Or you just ate too much garlic. Or you just ate way too much garlic <laughs> and crab, and you're just like, holy <laughs> crap, I feel drunk with garlic and Cajun seasoning. Um, but it's, you know, it's like, uh, we use the analogy for bowling all the time because we're bowling nerds. But it's like, you know, in a bowling alley, there's only 10 pins. The lane never, I mean, it's the same width, you know. You, your ball, only, you know, all these things are variables that look the same, but yet... It's so hard to do the same thing over and over again with slight adjustments when your body chemistry is changing, your mind, your thoughts are changing, your fears and doubts or confidence is up and all over the place. Your husband's speed of talking changes. You know, coaching up, coaching down. So it's like that, except for there's way more variables in life. (laughs) Yep. So, um, you know, there is no one. Yeah, I really like the whole, like, no, I'm not here to provide solutions. Right. And, you know, like, we've we've had, you know, we all have people in our lives that are always on the next, on the current fade, uh, fad, fad, fad of, (laughs) of, oh, you know, yeah, let me go do ayahuasca. It's going to solve my problems. I'm like, really? You really think you're going to pay whatever you pay? You go through a couple of ceremonies and you come back a changed person. Right. Like those people who use it, the indigenous people that use ayahuasca, they use it as part of their life and their right. s- their spiritual 
ceremonies that are continuous, consistent, they take them with them through their whole entire life. Right. And you think you can like go do it for a week right. and come back. Not to mention they're not coming back to Oakland or yeah. Berkeley or Richmond or Los Angeles and, and the environment of Babylon. And, yeah. You know, so, you know, it may change you. It very much, very well can change you. I'm sure it does change you. But it doesn't change your environment. It doesn't change your habits completely. All of that comes with work. You could go and have an insight, a clue, a tool, but if you don't put it to work and you don't deal with the other shit you got to deal with, you'll eventually recreate the environment that you but were you in. But you could also that. have the same clue sitting at Pete's Coffee drinking Pete's Coffee. It's possible. Depends on what you're looking for yeah. or where you're looking. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all your quotes. Yep. All Those right. Those are all my quotes. Quotation. So our last episode was normalize and inclusion, the phone tap remix. So we, either you guys, no one listened or no one cared that we experimented and were on the phones in the same room testing out an app. Yeah. So I have, we have no idea. I don't know. I'm assuming no good news is good good news because we did it. We listened to it. We could hear everything. It was neat. It was not like we we're like you guys were listening into a phone conversation. We thought it was fresh as fuck, and you guys didn't say anything. So I don't know what that means. So what does that tell us about you guys? Hmm. <laughs> so like, what does that mean? But anything? we hear about people listening all the time. Yeah, we're getting we're getting people new people. We're getting huge. People we're getting big. We're large. <laughs> the advertisers are beating down the doors. But we've been saying no because we don't like their quality. Yeah, yeah, we're just not we're not really ready to advertise. We want to keep it pure. Um, but you know, uh, it was a really cool episode. Um, the concept of normalized inclusion was a major. Um, we've thing we've worked on but it really kind of clicked the summer and it's you know it's really important if you guys haven't heard it it's an extremely important um piece to this whole puzzle of the of the gems we're dropping on the podcast normalized inclusion is a big big one talks about being able to create space in a relationship or in yourself to normalize difficult or uncomfortable um topics and conversations um and then from there to a Inclusion, which is to include the people you care about in these deep changes, transformations, ponderings, and visions. Um, so that way we stay close. A lot of times we learn that we tend to get weird, or things get weird when we get weird. So if we're holding thoughts in, we've been working on something in our head for a while, something's been bothering us, and then two, three years, four years later, we bring it up to our partner with a conclusion. And they're like, what? This is the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah. And you're like, well, I've been thinking about it for years. Then it leaves them hanging out. There's no there's no inclusion in that process. Yeah. They feel alienated. They feel dejected. And, and it brings up triggers for sure. There is this uh, one thing that I started doing. Was it a few months ago? So we do gratefuls. I do gratefuls every day. What is Gratefuls for those who may have just been tuning in? We may have a new listener right. in this podcast right now. So Gratefuls is a practice that a friend of mine uh introduced me to some years ago and she was introduced to it I don't know by somebody else and basically in the morning you know it's a nice neat quick practice of remember like refocusing ourselves in the morning and being like hey what am I grateful for you know and you do three things five things ten things whatever you feel like it and then the manifest for the day and it's literally sunshine coffee and hot shower like great right. perfect it's pretty wonderful what it does um, 
it really I actually have been doing it pretty like actually really religiously for I don't know five years now probably it's been a minute and uh, I share it with my friends it's not a group thing so it's a one-on-one thing Uh, I send it out and then some people do theirs religiously some people beat me to it in the morning which is pretty neat some people use it as a way to keep track of what the hell I'm up to (laughs) and then I get really like this last week (laughs) I got two separate you know people saying that hey I just caught up on yours I was busy it's really neat how you know uh, you share and it's really neat to read it and feel you right and thank you for sharing uh, or thank you for doing this as inspired, you know, inspired or helps me remember uh, to be grateful when I think life is shit. Right. You know, so those are, those things are really cool. Um, my first set of gratefuls that I do in the morning is uh, for personalized for Tion, and then I take them and I change whatever it is that shouldn't be. I shouldn't be grateful <laughs> for <laughs> with other people, and then send that out. Right. Uh, you were gonna say something smart right now. <laughs> I know, I know. I was my my little inner inner comedian was like, Ooh, tranquilo. I don't think I have ever slipped yet. Maybe. Nope. I mean, you know, you at, sure? the, at this point, it's kind of like we talk about everything on here anyway. So if you slipped, it would just be probably something you probably said on the podcast. Yeah, probably. Uh, but then I started, so for Tion's, I added, a few months ago, I started, I added a whole different section there that nobody else gets. Uh, and that's just a quick way to share my inner ponderings, uh, something that, you know, I'm feeling, thinking about that may or may not be comfortable for me to say. Right. Uh, or just doesn't, you know, fit into our flow. Uh, but I want to share it. Right. And I've been doing that, you know, every day for the last few months. And that is for the purpose of practicing how to open my mouth and say things instead of sitting on them. Right. And I, 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 the way I do it is I really, when I get down to that section, I really scan my brain and go like, what, what have I been feeling? Like, what's the brightest thing that, you know, I'm feeling, experiencing, thinking about that... I feel, you know, I haven't shared with Tion and is something that I need to. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, with the, with the inclusion thing, it's a trip because, you know, we're all on different sliding scales of how much we naturally include and don't of each other and other people. Like, I'm probably on the other end of the spectrum where I over-include a lot of times. Like, I love coming up with things or doing things and then explaining and breaking it down to people and I've been in trouble on the business end of doing that. From me? <laughs> like with me? I'm like, to yes. stop telling people everything about what you were thinking yeah, about doing. Like, you can't. I, yeah, because my, 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 my thoughts in my head are like, if I can show you what I was thinking and how I came about to do this, it would inspire you to see that it's, it's you know, we can all do this shit, but it doesn't always work that way. So I have to learn how to dial it back. <laughs> but some people, you know, don't at all. Some people don't. Like, for some people, it's like you are not supposed to talk, share anything, period. Right. 
keep everything in, keep everything to yourself, especially when you're dealing with business shit. Everyone's, yeah. And unfortunately, business and material tend to dictate most of our social environments when it comes to growth and people we admire. And so we hear these things like, you know, never tell anybody you're this, that, this, or that, this, like, that, you this, know, what that. kills me is the whole like how much you make. Right. Fuck that. I tell everybody how much I make. Right. I mean, just because I think, you know, first of all, financial wealth does not mean much. Right. I think, you know, me being uh, a partner in my firm and responsible for teams of people and, you know, responsible for making sure that they grow financially and professionally. Right. I like uh, sharing you know, what people make. Right. Because it inspires them. I don't say that in, out of spite. I don't say that to uh, show how much more I make than the next person. I show that as, hey, you can, this is what you, you know, can grow into or should grow into or just like, you know, under different circumstances, damn, like, you know, between two of us, we can make whatever, you know, right. a year. And it's not enough in the Bay Area. Right. And, you al- know? and also, you know, um, a lot of the reasons why people were told not to share is it benefited the the employer. Right. Because you don't want employees to know what they're getting because you may be paying somebody a whole lot and paying somebody a whole little <coughs> to do the same jobs. Yeah. So someone in my firm, a partner in my firm, that same level of partners may got a... Uh, offer unsolicited offer for 500,000 a year plus bonus right. and everybody's butt cheeks clenched and I'm like I'm super excited this makes me excited right. like this really makes me excited and they're all looking at me like what the hell like how what's exciting about this I'm like well that means that that's your value in the world like right. if you play your cards right and you want to go put that work in and get that income it's there right like this is very clear to me if, Someone I work with can get that offer. It's out there. Right. If I want to put that work in. Right. Like, that's a whole different story, whether or not I want to or not. But this is exciting to me. That's like the next frontier. Like, I used to be, for so many years, I'm like, my goal is to make over 100,000. Right. And then I did. Right. And then I'm like, my goal is to make over 200,000. Right. And then I did. So now it's like, Oh, there's 500 out there. <laughs> right, right. You know, I don't know if I ever will or not, but all of a sudden it's not so far away. Right, right. And I think that's that's part of why I like why I like to share is it normalizes things. Inclusion can right, normalize, exactly. normalize can inclusion, like totally. all those things. It just helps people understand that it's not magic. Nope. Um, and we all go through the same things, and you know, you're not alone. <laughs> I think that's probably a big no. one. It's like. You know, you're not alone. So that was our last episode. It was really cool. The phone tap remakes were filling in. Oh, no. So I wanted to ask you, so me studying that uh, other section in my gratefuls, how Mm -hmm. does that work for you? Um, I think it's cool because it does add another underlayer of things you're thinking about. It kind of gives me a peek inside, um, which is really cool because, you know, for a lot of time I didn't have access to any of that. So I didn't know what was processing on the underlayer until it either manifested into an action which threw me off or a conclusion which I didn't know you were even pondering so you know I like being a part of I like the proactivity of it you actually going out of your way to 
to kind of share some of the things that you're thinking and, and working on and working through and learning and, and developing and shifting. Um, it does like it does what it's supposed to do, which is makes me feel a part of the process, a part of your team, and included like without having to extract. Does it sometimes make you feel like when you first read it, you're like, oh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I think I have a pretty decent threshold, but you know, not yet. You Good. know, you know, but you know, those are the feelings you want to feel. Right. You know, any 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 feeling sometimes that comes I from write someone's truth, and I have to work through that. Yeah. Like, what's he gonna think or what's he gonna right. feel? Yeah. And sometimes I I I uh, my knee jerk is to change it, right. tone it down. You know, like make it more. I don't know, soft, non-controversial, right. whatever it is that I consider it right. to be. Make it more sugary. Yeah. Sugary. I mean, it's definitely there. Yeah, no, I mean, my thing is I want to feel the feels. I want to feel the feels that come from truth and honesty and your growth. That's my thing. You know, like, I want to feel that, oh, shit, like, damn, I didn't know that, and then have to work through that because that's how I grow. So do um, we want to talk about we had that nice experience when while you were on the road where we had to work through something that you were like, ooh, I didn't expect this? I guess. I don't know what you're talking about. The ridge thing? Yeah, we can go through it all. Um, was it 40 minutes? In? Yeah, so, so we'll wrap up. That was the normalized inclusion part. And then, so I just got back off of tour. I guess we can go into that, share a little bit of that, and then we'll go into the... The, the feelings and the incidents um, after the halftime. Halftime. Watching football, too. It's halftime. Everything's football analogies. Yeah, so I went on a tour, and it was unlike any other tour I've ever been on. And I've been on many tours. So, recap, from 1998 pretty much till 2013, most of the touring I did, which was most of my career at the time of tour managing and management, I was always tour managing or managing... Um, a touring artist that had that you know I was I was paid to tour manage I had my room my accommodations my food um, taken care of and I got to perform so there's super perks um, the only thing I my responsibilities was I had to be responsible for them my head was on a swivel um, I didn't have the freedom of movement I had windows of freedom so it was great and I did that forever and then once I kind of got out of it um, I was kind of like damn you know like before I'm done touring or doing that stuff, I really want to go on a tour where I have zero responsibilities beyond myself. I want to travel alone, my own vehicle. I want to do my little set and anything beyond that is up to me as I am not responsible. So we got an opportunity with the artist Lyrics Born that I had known through many laps um, overlapping with my artist and just seeing him at the bowling alley playing pinball. Um, you know, I saw he was going on his tour and he had his album. And he was doing a pledge for his album and he's a super good guy and his album, his content is amazing and he's a really good dude. So I was like, you know, you know, we have this little money set aside for some quality of life experience or tour or travel. Um, and so I hit him and I was like, hey, you know, I, I want to call it what you want. I can either sponsor your tour <laughs> or pledge to your album, whatever right. you choose. Um, all I want to exchange is opening set. Um, it ended up happening. So we we retrofitted the minivan <laughs> with a lot of soft p- 
pillowy, blankety, cushiony yeah, stuff for the back. Yeah, we made a nice-ass bed in the back. Yeah, and just packed up the shit, just me and my lonesome, and I went on this little, you know, seven or eight shows, maybe 12 or 13-day tour, um, and it was really dope. It was the first time where I could literally drive to a city and do the show and park somewhere and sit. I could leave after the show. I could leave during the show. I could sell merch. I could choose not to sell merch, which I chose not to. Um, and I could do whatever I wanted to do, and it was really cool. It was a fun trip. Sleeping in the van was actually better than I thought, and it was sometimes something that we actually did. We chose to do it. Yeah. And then when you don't spend money on a hotel, you feel really cool about, damn, I could really get some bomb-ass food. So I spent more money on just yummy-ass breakfasts and dinners and shit like that, which was worked perfectly for me. Um, I was swiping like crazy in every city. <laughs> I was swiping and 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 okay, cupiding, and um, I didn't meet a tremendous amount of people. I talked to a couple people, um, but I did have a really good connection with a woman who was doesn't really count as like an okay cupid because I knew the person before. Right. Never knew that we had anything warm or fuzzy. Uh, but I was able, we able to hang out, and I got her in my onesie costume. Because, see, I brought my Chewbacca onesie, and I was hoping to go on a onesie date. So if you go on OkCupid, and you look up Tianbuku, I don't know if you can search, but the first thing it says is, let's go on a onesie date. I was really determined to go on a onesie date. A onesie date, for you guys who don't know, is just you dress up in a onesie, and you go on a date. <laughs> so didn't get to do that, but I got her in the onesie. And when we went to crawl in the back to watch Netflix, <laughs> she got really hot in the onesie. So she quickly came out of the onesie. But to get in the onesie, she had to take off her clothes. And then she got but in the onesie. But you didn't do it on purpose. No, it actually wasn't my plan. She thought you did it on purpose, but... <laughs> I was like, you know, no, I actually was not even thinking about that. I was just stoked you are in the onesie. But then, you know, the back of my car was so comfortable and hot. Like getting under all them covers with a onesie on, can you imagine? Yeah, no. Really hot. So we ended up hanging out and had an amazing time, overnight sleeping, cuddling in sexual fuzzies in outside of the onesie in the van, had a nice breakfast. And then a few days later, up in Bellingham, which is crazy, I linked up with someone on OkCupid who had been married for 29 years monogamously, happily monogamously. Like, genuinely, happily, monogamously, and through circumstances that were not the most pleasant, her husband wanted to open the relationship up and told her slightly after that that he had been not only having an affair with a woman currently, but he had also been pretty much non-monogamous or cheating um, the whole relationship. So that's crazy shit. It brought them to a better place. They're in a great place. They're in a better place now. But I was the very first male person she'd ever touched, interacted with, flirted with, anything like that in 30 years. Yep. That's crazy. It's like a movie. It's like Encino Man. Like someone's <laughs> been frozen for 30 years and they, they come out. And so I felt a great honor and responsibility. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I mean, uh, seeing, and you know, I talked to her a few days ago and stuff, and she's a super cool woman, and, you know, thank God that she had 
the presence of mind and the connection to herself to not be thrown off by you know by her spending the time with you but to take that and to use it as more good energy to put back into her marriage and right. her life and her connection to herself and you know not have that throw her off her center but actually make her more solid in her center like yeah. that's that's the cool thing yeah i mean it's you know it's a monumental shift so who knows how it's going to happen to somebody Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to claim that that's the only right way and the other way of no. getting thrown is the wrong way. It's just how it worked out. And it was really cool because I had no idea. Like, we hung out before my show. Um, we had some food, talked about all of her stuff, get caught up on things. She listened to the podcast. You know, we talked a few days before I got to, okay, uh, to Bellingham. So we were able to, like, talk about things. And, you know, so we had dinner, went to the show. After the show, I, we were just hanging out, walking around. And I was like, well... You know, I'd love to just hang out with you somewhere indoors where we could cuddle. And she was like, well, um, I don't have any places, but I have a boat. And so I was like, a boat? So we went onto her sailboat, 30-foot sailboat, and hung out in there and stayed overnight there and had an amazing experience. It was just so crazy hearing someone like, oh, my God, this is so trippy. It's different person, different touch, different sound, different taste, different smells. And she was just like, wow, this is and I'm just like thinking like 30 years. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. It's a major. Um, but it was really cool. It was really sweet. It was genuine. It was great. Um, like I said, Eula talked to her afterwards. Um, we've been, we, you know, we're good peoples. And it wasn't some, you know, this is what I want to share with you guys is like, you can have amazing, heartfelt, deep, goofy, silly, sexual naughty experiences that don't have to mean the world it doesn't have to mean you have to change your life doesn't have to mean you have to change your schedule doesn't have to mean um any of these things it can mean whatever you want it to mean because i left the next day and was on on to the next you know moving to the next city next city next city swiping again swiping is swipey swipeys um um and I still care about this person. It was an amazing person. She's a great friend. She's someone that I really appreciate. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. Because she went. She has her life. She has her family. She has her husband. They're going through. They're growing into a new space. Um, now she has an ally and friends that she can talk to about these things. And a, an experience that helps that. Sometimes we don't need an experience to last forever to be meaningful. And this is the problem that I have with traveling and touring. Because clearly I went to Brazil and met an amazing woman that the vibe was warm and we were connecting and once i left it was like the energy kind of felt like well there's but you're not here there's no point in even building and i'm like it's energy it's friendship doesn't have to mean everything but it's something right you know you want support and high quality people and you might not find them all in your hometown so it was kind of you know it's like kind of just things like you can actually have a beautiful thing that last a day or a week or last in physical form a day and last for a decade after that you know we have friends that literally we I, i'm going to see a friend tonight that i haven't seen in de- over a decade yep. but it doesn't mean i care about this person any less it doesn't mean like oh forget it she's out of sight out of mind right. she's still a person doing good things um so it, it's cool to be back on the road to kind of remember that and deal with the frustrations of it too of like you know someone be like oh I'd love to hang out with you, but see, like, you're not, you don't live here. Yeah. 
I'm like, okay. Neither does Prince, but would you still go to the fucking concert? Or you're like, nah, I want to go to that Prince concert. He doesn't live here. Like, I don't want to get so excited and be moved by something that's not mine. Well, and that's the same thing that I was just talking about, you know, uh, Aaron and his girlfriend or girl or whatever. is like, there are certain things that we want to do only within the parameters of a relationship. Right. And, yeah. and that's just passed down through generations and, you know, the what you should be doing versus what you shouldn't be doing. Somehow it's okay to have sex with a boyfriend but not with a friend. Right. Uh, you know, and that's, you know, like you question, start questioning that and there are either holes being poked into the beliefs or it's just like, fuck that, I don't want to talk to you about it. Right, yeah, ponder, ponder that because, I mean, it's, I have so many analogies to debunk that, but people, when it's part of their trigger, they'll be like, yeah, but that's different. I'll be like, okay, explain to me how it's different, and I just have to digress. But Yeah, well, it's the same. It's the normalizing, you know. Yeah. Like we were talking about why is monogamy so sticky? Because that's what we have, we're all given from the get-go. Right. That's the one relationship structure that we all grew, most of us grew up in right. uh, like you didn't grow up in it your mom was never you know in a relationship when after she was born or after you were born right. and you know she uh, kicked your dad out so you grew up in the model that your mom was like yeah having sex with friends is perfectly fine that's what I do right and that's you know so you like in the big part you bypassed all that maybe through osmosis even though yeah. in action for I, did, sure. I didn't realize it but when I guess when yeah. I started pondering outside of it I wasn't so yeah, for sure. terrified for, of it right so you weren't undoing something monolithic that you grew up with right most of us have to undo that first right and that's like a huge deal right a huge deal to the point where you logically understand everything you know you know that it's an imposed thing and you still have to fight it Right, especially like, yeah, totally. Yeah, tough. And then the hardest part is like we were, we just go on this road trip. A lot of people um, swear by it, and so they they haven't even got to that point of even allowing right. themselves to objectively to look it. at it. Right, like you can't even like it's like they swear by it, and you ask them do they know the origins of it or why don't they research it, and they don't even want to do that. No, they're like I don't want to know anymore. This is what works for me. Yeah. And but then yet they're single and they have hard times with people with possession and different yeah. shit. So. You know, it's very, very circulatory and fascinating. But, you know, everybody's at their own pace, their own path. We're not here to solve or change anybody. Just provide tools and then nudge every now and then. Sometimes poke. But, you know, so it was a great tour. I had a great time. Eula flew out um, in the last few days of it. But all the time we practiced normalizing and inclusion. Like, we talked all the time. Um, even, and in the times when I was with somebody, we actually... <clears throat> found ways to connect even a little extra more. Um, and then all, all the way up until, you know, you can't text while you're snuggles, but, you know, before, after in the morning, and then had nice recaps and stuff like that. And so, and Eula will share what she shares after that, after this part right here. I can speak English. But yeah. <gasps> you can speak English? That gives me hope. Um, yeah. But yeah, so really fun, dope tour. I spent a lot of time alone, and I loved it. 
I really enjoyed it. And I, I sometimes I had to sit with myself and feel like antsy, like, damn, I, like, who's around? Who's what? And then I have to call myself and be like, look, you know, you think, look in your phone. So who do you know here? Think about what nourishment you'd get from hanging out with that person. Okay, then you enjoy. Right. Just because there's no one around doesn't mean you have nothing to do. You enjoy yourself. So I, I took myself to the movies. I took myself to a lot of dinners and breakfasts. And I'm a pretty good date to me. Um, yep, and then I, you included me into your ponderings around the antsy times. Because <laughs> yeah. you were like psyching yourself up by talking to me about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, gotta, gotta, gotta talk yourself through it. Because, you know, it's, it's hard to not get antsy. It's hard to not, like, when you don't travel as much as you used to, and you know you're in a, sp- in a space and time that's limited, like, specifically more than, like, you think. Like, you're like, I'm on the road. I'm only going to be in Missoula tonight. Right. <laughs> I'm only going to be in Fort Collins for two nights. I'm only, and you, you start doing that shit. And then you're like, I'm only going to be on the road for three more days. You know, I'm only going to be alone for two more. You know, it's like you start doing that shit, and you freak yourself out. That's kind of how I feel, you know, like when you're gone, let's mm-hmm. say you're gone for two weeks or right. 10 days. And at first I'm like, oh, I miss Tion. And then so many days into it, I'm like, oh, I like this groove. And then I swear to God, without <laughs> fail, the night before you come home, I'm like, oh, this is my last night. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be the same. The mascot comes in, busts down the door like right. the Kool-Aid man. I'm like, my house is going to be in disarray. Things are going <laughs> to start not being perfect. What? Yeah. I so, can't bowl without his voice in my oh ear. Oh my gosh, he's just all in your ear. <sighs> the TV is going to be on. Where's your fingers? Where are your fingers? Fingers, fingers, fingers. Ooh, no fingers. Um, but yeah, you know, and it's hard to, you know, it takes a minute to walk myself through calming down and being like, you know what? This is the time you have here. This is the time you're supposed to have here. Yeah. Appreciate it for what it is. If there's nobody around, nobody's matching you, nobody's messaging you, you know what that means? The universe might be saying, you might got some shit you want to do with your own. Maybe you need to record. Maybe you need to do some graphic design. Maybe you need to sit the fuck around with your finger in your crotch, watch some Netflix, and breathe. I, you know, a while ago, a few, I don't know, a month ago or so, I asked you to actually start proactively sharing more of the voices in your head with mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. voices that you normally wouldn't want to share because they are always there. It's noise. It's like there's a lot going on. I'm like, no, no, I would like for you to share more because right. it's really, it helps me understand a lot more of what's going on and also I'll learn from it. Right. So I think that like you're sharing with me the whole process of walking yourself back to, you know, through an- being antsy and wanting to hang out and not having anyone to hang out with that you, you know, is worth hanging out with mm-hmm. and getting yourself to that place where it's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's super helpful to me because I can feel that way. Like there are obviously times when I'd be like, oh, I'm done with work. It's Friday. Kids are all situated. I don't have anyone I want to hang out with. Right. So then I'm for five minutes, I'm on, on, the, on, on the fence. So like, right. do I feel sorry for myself or do I feel excited for myself? Right. Yeah. You know? And then it takes that little conversation with yourself and it's like, dude, you're excited. Like, you have all this time. You can walk. Right. 
and just enjoy being. You don't have to talk anyone to anyone. You can call people you haven't talked to in a while and right. actually spend good time on the phone. Like you can right. do a million different things. Yeah. But there's all this like always this time where it's like, uh, do I feel sorry for myself? Right. <laughs> or well, do I actually rejoice? Yeah, and we're all so um, built in object referral. Like all of us are to a greater or lesser degree. Yeah. And, you know, we it's almost like part of us feels like if we have alone time and we have freedom, we should be filling that shit with other people and doing shit. And um, not like and we devalue doing shit that's inside of ourselves. Like, you know, self-nurture, reading a book. Yeah. I finally get the chance to sit still. Wow, I just want to sit still and lay on my back on the ground. Or, you know, maybe I want to treat myself to that dinner I want to go to that nobody wants to go to. Yeah. Or maybe, I, you know, and it takes a while, even for us who are trying to be conscious, to really just, like, walk ourselves through, like, no, 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 it's fine. I, I told you, like, at the, I have been feeling that I'm finally at the place where I really, really enjoy my alone time. Right. And I really, like, I have, I, I feel like I'm feeding myself after not eating for a long time. And I don't know when I'm going to get fat, like, when I'm going to get full with right. this. Yeah, Being is, able yeah. to get more and more alone time right. and wanting to have it to where it's not just three hours, but it's right. 33 hours. Right. And there's really no schedule at all and no responsibilities. Maybe making some food for Deja, like, you know. Right. But other than that, nothing. Like, t as far in the future as I can see. Yeah. Like, that's super duper amazing to me. And I'm sure at some point I'm going to get it to where... I'm used to it, so it's not as novel. Right. But, um, you know, our oldest one's turning 20 this month, which means that I've been in this whole raising kids, taking care of the family mode for 21 years. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. So I got 20 years of back like, <laughs> time to well, catch up on. Think of it that way. Yes. Ooh. That's how I feel. Like you, world, you owe me. Yeah. yeah. Well, may you may you reparate all twenty plus years. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really about just trying to be present. Twenty damn years. I'm forty seven. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. And you got little forest to show for it. Um, but yeah, it's about us trying to be present where we are and be grateful for the things that we have. You know, at any one given time where I'm alone, I'm feeling bad because I'm alone. I'm like, I have this car. I have gas. I have money. I can go eat. I can go drive somewhere. I can go sit. I can go to a movie. I can go to a restaurant. I can yeah. go get a hotel. Yep. I can do anything I want. And I'm bitching about the one or two things yeah. I can't have. You know, so you really got to feel those things. It's a trip to, you know, calm and fill that out. So, yeah, that's the tour stuff. So this is the Black Russian Podcast episode 34. We'll take a break and then we'll get into... Eula's breakdowns and share downs and dissertations and things and we'll get into some feelings like how do feelings manifest in physical form you know when you get nervous you feel those knots in your tummy or when you're jealous and you feel that heat rush or when you're insecure or when you're mad or when you're bewildered yeah those feelings we'll get into that shit Black Russian Podcast boom 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 Jada Kingdom wool on me Tough name, almost forgot it.
Yes, 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 we are back again. Tion Buku won the Black Russian Podcast, episode 34. <clears throat> so, we got through the first half. Um, we'll get through your stuff. I, there's, like, there's a thing I wanted to add, which is not directly related to any of this stuff, but kind of is. Um, you know, we talk about, I guess we're just talking about how, you know, being grateful for who you, where you are and who, who you're with, or, you know, who you are, where you are. You know, like if I'm in if I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's no one to hang out with, be happy. Like, there's a, be grateful for that. Um, not everybody has that privilege opportunity. Um, one of the things that we tend to get is people say things like, "It's easy for you." You know, it's easy for you to be in this relationship stuff. It's easy for you, and how a lot of women that you've come across that maybe I've been close to that have leaned on you to help them navigate their their feelings with me. Will say to you, well, it's easy for you because you were with Tion. Yes, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that because it kind of ties into that, and you know, I, it just, I don't know if something just, just popped in my head, but like, you know, that is hurtful. It's really hurtful. It's offensive and hurtful because you know we didn't just get here because we were just lucky or because. You know, it's easy for us. Like, we've been through hell and back and go through it all over and over again to grow. Um, and these people know that. But when they get triggered or get hurt, they get really selfish. Um, and they say really hurtful things. Um, and we know they don't mean it, but it doesn't take the sting away. And I want you to say, like, we are aware that whatever you guys are going through, it's yours and we don't fully understand everything about the dynamics that make you you. We're not here to change you or say that what you do is right or wrong or easy or hard. We know that if you're trying to grow, it's hard. If you're evolving and moving out of your comfort zone, it's hard. So, and we would ask the same for us. You know, what we're dealing with and what we're doing is hard. It may seem easier because we do it all the time. And with repetition, things become normalized. But that doesn't mean it's easy. 
you know, training is hard. Falling on your face is really hard. Dealing with pain and betrayal and trust and rebuilding trust and growth is hard. Um, and so I just wanted to say that it was one of those things <laughs> that, you know. Well, I think that, you know, I have definitely had my share of direct, you know, hearing from uh, women directly. Well, it's, you know, you deal with it so easily or it's easier f- easy for you because you are with Tion, you know, and it's usually from women that, you know, uh, um, didn't realize how deeply they're attached to you. Right. And then they come to a crossroads where they have to deal with those feelings. And if I'm around to provide any sort of support, then I become the... Uh, well, it's easy for you to say, right? or it's easy. And, you know, I never, ever say anything back uh, because I know that they're going through it. But my inner child or my inner, you know, person that wants to poke holes in it all, I'm like, really, do you want to try and right. spend a month with Tion? Right. And see how that works out for you? Like, it's not, it's not a walk in the park. Right. Like... You know, you're having a hard time dealing with whatever small slice of this life you're seeing. But how about you get the whole one and see how you feel then? Right. And it's so yeah, it's it's yeah. super hurtful. It's super you know uh, disrespectful to me. And you know, for I've I've learned how not to uh, not just want to go and you know with a blowtorch like and, and right, uh, but also to not allow that to um, affect my relationship with uh, them too much. Right. But what it really does do is that it makes it really, really clear to me that I cannot be, you know, equal friends with, right. with uh, you know, those certain people. And that sucks because, you know, I... I would like to have people that I'm super close to and can share everything right. both ways, but it just has not worked out that way. Yeah, you know, it's, it, you know, border, bottom line is I, we know it's not a person's intention. Nope. And they're looking at us like we're some, at that point, like we're on some pedestal or whatever it is that makes them think that we're invincible. But I just want to say to you guys, we are not invincible. Eula's not invincible because she can handle being close to a woman that is close to me that may be navigating having a difficult time navigating how close their feelings are with me like that takes a lot of fucking work for Eula to be that way most women would not be that way they'd be like fuck you why are you coming to me with your dramas about your feelings for my husband go deal with that shit somewhere else but it takes a lot of work I think people can take it for granted because you make it look so easy. Hmm. So I should start breaking down. You should, yeah, you should just start breaking down. And go, that's really well, hurtful. Well, good news. This episode is actually about how I feel. Yes. And how difficult things are, really. You're, you're, you're <laughs> going to show you guys for squishy. How human I am. So in case you guys, some of you guys are like, oh shit, I had no idea she was squishy. I'm like, I've been trying to tell you she's squishy. <laughs> you know. So let's go ahead. and We'll let you take over and get into the squishies. Uh, so I've been wanting to, you know, after the last episode, I think, like, actually the same day I'm sitting around and I'm like, you know, um, I I consider myself a pretty, like, probably a pro at recognizing physical manifestations of certain feelings because I've done it for so long. 
that I've learned that, you know, when I am, um, when uh, I'm jealous, I feel this way. When I'm guilty, I feel this way. When I'm frustrated on myself and wish that I could unwind the clock and, and, and redo something, you know, I feel physically this way. And I wanted to do, like, break it all down and see, uh, you know, there's just two of us in the room because I didn't do the survey, but I want to, like, compare notes. And my goal is to, I think, you know, we can talk about how feelings, you know, what feelings are, like, what do you experience when, uh, you know, you were dealing with fear, when, when your partner is out with somebody else, when you want to go with somebody else, you know, like all that stuff. But we don't talk about what it physically feels like. And I think when when it's like the actual physical manifestations of the feelings hit, it's almost like you can learn all there is to learn about labor. Mm-hmm. Like you read, we all, like before we have our first baby, all we do is read labor stories. Right, like right. literally every woman that I know, including myself, that's what you you think you're gonna learn bullshit like total bullshit as soon as the first real contraction hits it's like holy shit i'm the first person how could you how is it even possible right so you really don't know what the feeling feels like until you first experience it right and getting as close to it like to describing my own uh you know maybe will at least show someone that hey when this hits i'm not the first one experiencing it right and maybe i shouldn't panic like maybe i should reach out to somebody and be honest about it or maybe i should just sit and breathe you know um so that's what i wanted to do well let's get on into it but yeah the the analogy that i was thinking of when you're saying that is like mike tyson quote you'd say everybody has a plan until you're punched in the mouth yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it changes everything. Yeah, fully. Yeah. Yep. But if you've been punched in the mouth a few times, then you already know what to plan for after that. Right. <laughs> you know, and and um, uh, it it takes us a few times to learn. Right. You know, like my first labor was so, uh, I think, full of fear and so long and so difficult, and I hated it so much that... By the time the second one uh, came, I like I was nonchalant. I'm like, whatever, it's my second one. I know what to expect. Right. But when the real contractions hit, I'm like, holy shit! I remember what that feels right. like. You're like oh. And then all the fears from the first one rolled in. Right. And I was like, oh, I really do not want to do it at all. Like right. not at all. But of course, there's no way out, so you do it. But then the third one, I was able to take all of those experiences and break it down and get help actually professional help and uh, have someone with me that held my hand and just roll with it and we almost missed the freaking you know event and by going to the hospital too long (laughs) I mean too late right she could have just been born in the the tub yeah at home on the carpet tubby dub dubs yeah for sure huh I was gonna say we have carpet then yeah we we still have carpet yeah Yeah. we have carpet that'd be messy Mm mm-hmm uh, so, all right. So I broke down 
you know, the feelings, like the basic feelings that, you know, because we're talking about relationships and, you know, non-monogamous or monogamous and there's cheating, uh, the basic ones are fear, insecurity, and jealousy. Right. And then I throw in guilt uh, and then a different kind of fear of, you know, the truth being discovered. Right. So maybe we should start with jealousy. Yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time trying to analyze how I feel. About jealousy? So we're just going to... Well, I can start. Sure. You know, when jealousy hits me, um, it's, it's a trip because it's like, I don't realize it right away because my ego kicks in to save the day. You know, so I get this feeling of like, and when I get like kind of salty, like sarcastic and like snarky, almost like my mind's like, can chop that situation down or that person down. Like, they're probably fake as fuck, or they probably had that handed to them, or some weird hater aid type energy. And I'm like, whoa. So then it kind of wakes everybody else up in my head, like, what the fuck is going on? And then it's like, oh, someone's envious of this person. But do you have a physical? feeling like I feel like you know the back of my neck feels weird and right. gets hot well I think for me most of my processing is in my stomach so like I'll get like this like this you know I guess it would be kind of hot but it's definitely like like the back of your neck doesn't do anything Vir- like it's always in the back of my Virgo neck Virgo sign it processing is all in the intestines so it's always in like this ugh starts with upper and you just kind of like ugh and then you gotta work through it like process it almost like, like, like it hurts like it's a like a knot in your stomach like it's like a discomfort it's not a full cramp but it's like you know you need something and you're like that's not sitting right you just know it's not sitting right you're not sure what's gonna happen next but you know it's just like this doesn't feel good at all so you gotta start processing it and doing all that shit but yeah that's what jealousy feels like to me yeah I just get the uh, full on like a hot flash in the back of my neck mm-hmm. and I've learned to handle it so that when I feel it I'm like oh that's what you're feeling right you know more so in the last few years because I'm allowed to talk about it mm-hmm. and I'm allowed to process it in a way where I don't have to just stuff it back I think that it's harder to deal with it when you when you don't know what to do but stuff it back right right then it lasts longer but I learned, like, if I just let it ride and do something else, then it just literally, like, the heat dissipates. And then I can start feeling rationally mm-hmm. and start seeing, you know, what it is, what is it that I'm feeling, why. And then it just is what it is. You know, I think, like, fear for me, like, fear goes more to my stomach. Right. Like, jealousy is definitely all in my, like, back of my neck. Right. Ooh, a creepy crawler. Yep. And then the fear goes to, you know, that's when I stop being able to eat. Right. Like if I if I'm concerned about something, if I'm you know, if you have some plans and I know ahead of time and then it gets closer to the time and I'm just like I'm just whatever, rational or irrationally, I'm scared of that. Right. Uh, and usually I'm scared of being scared first, you know, so that's right. a fear on top of fear. Then I, ju- I can't eat. Right. And then that whole thing is in my stomach. 
and then I just have to make sure that I either write through it or you know in the as the more the more I learn how to handle it the more I'm like oh okay well just actually I need to take time for myself and make myself a nice meal right. and sit down and eat and half the time that's half the problem right yeah it's amazing how um, these feelings of like fear and jealousy and insecurity creep in when we're hungry, when we haven't eaten well, or haven't slept well. And then once we can identify that and eating, it's like literally 40 to 60% and then the rest you can manage. Cause yeah, I get it. And yeah, it's definitely in the, it's a, in the stomach and it's more of like a, a caffeinated feeling. Like mm-hmm. I feel like- It's anxiety, it's like, adrenaline I think. Yeah, it's like anxiety. And then my mind goes in like this echo chamber when I'm, you know, just like fear it's just like, oh. And it takes, like, it's literally, like, all hands on deck, and we have to, like, keep saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> it's it's right, like so the person's like, in panic almost. You know, I've, I've put you in situations, you know, repeatedly over the last few years where, like, you find the peace out, and then you have to ride your fear out. And right. that's the fear of the unknown of what else is there. Right. That's the worst yeah, when part. That, in that situation, like, what she's talking about is when, like, my intuition's telling me there's more to this that I stumbled upon than what she's saying. So then there's this combination of like, my mind that needs to extract gets angry <clears throat> and gets passionate. And so I get hot, like I, my body gets hot as I get focused. And then at the same time, a part of me is terrified because I don't know what I'm gonna find, but yet I have to keep going to find it because if I don't, it can reoccur and reoccur and reoccur. Um, and so it's this really, this is, it's a really weird dazed state where I literally have to just, I can't think about how I feel. I can't think about anything until I get to the root of it. And then after I'm done with that session or whatever, maybe within hours to come, I can actually start processing it when it gets back to the tummy. Um, and it's crazy um, how that is because I feel all those feelings. I feel fear and all that stuff. But... I get hot and I get laser beam, you know, focused and it just, my whole being gets intensified. And so, but that's, to me, that's a control. It's, it gives me access to control. If I can control the situation, like if I'm deemed to have to extract, then I'm, I'm being deemed by my spirit to go ahead, go get it. I can control the environment right there. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something where no one's done anything wrong, and I just I'm just feeling fear, like I've discovered, you know, like honestly a circumstance. So like you know, the first time you you really really love a guy, like that's not me that I know about that I in real time. I have no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a right. beautiful thing, but I'll feel all those feelings. Yeah. That's different because there's no control. Right. You know, so that's and there's no solution. Like that's no. the that's the thing. Like when you're extracting. You're going for a solution. Right. Right. And when this one, you have to, you know, the opposite. When it's a, when it's a good fear, when it's a, when it's a fear caused by something that's good, um, you have to let go and let go and let go. And when you're spinning and your anxiety and you're feeling caffeinated, it's really hard because you just want shit to stop. Right. And so it's really so hard I to think you know like what the that's the whole purpose of me wanting to do this is that we um, 
I think we've seen a few times when uh, someone gets into that state of high anxiety mm-hmm. and, you know, the the heat and the can't sleep, can't eat, the fear is so strong that they reach for a solution. Oh, yeah. They unnaturally create them. Like the drumbeat is so loud, so deafening. Yeah, so you have to, you can no longer just let it ride. Right. And you need to find a solution. Usually a solution involves, you know, coming to the source of the fears, right? right? right. And like pointing fingers and starting to create some drama. And that's the absolute opposite of, you know, what you probably want to do unless your solution is to cut that shit and I'm out. Right. Well, when you're, when you're in that echo chamber of fear and insecurity, the combination, it's definitely where your control dramas kick in. Mm-hmm. So either if your control drama is to interrogate, to intimidate, to be aloof, to be the victim, cut and run, yep. blow shit up before yep. it gets blown up for you. Right. You know, and that's what happens, that's what we experience is like, it's so, that state of, of purgatory of during the process is so uncomfortable that people but will really, force a solution right, on it and be like, you know. I really feel that if we all collectively just start sharing how we feel in those during those times, mm-hmm. you know, and have a forum where you can tell me, I can tell you, and you know you're not alone, right. then maybe the need to find an instant solution is a little lower, like right. a little less which means that we can ride those feelings out a little longer and maybe to the point where logic kicks in Mm -hmm. and all other feelings kick in. But that state of that loud, loud, loud noise, like, you know, I've, I learned how to deal with it, not because I'm so perfect, but because I had years and years and years of practice and I did everything wrong in the book other than telling Tion I'm out. Right. You know, but luckily we have enough, you know, love and patience between two of us to where we learn gradually to, you know, go through it. Yeah. And just, you know, one of the things that helps me when I'm in that state is, I mean, obviously nourishment. But what I mean by nourishment is I need to engage in something that makes me feel good. Um, Sometimes that is eating if you can. Other times it's like you got to do something before you can even eat. Um, and that can be, uh, you know, one of the many things, hopefully, that we have on deck. Like, skateboarding was one of them. You go Bowling painting. was one of them. Painting was one of them. Um, just being in an environment where no one is going to inquire about this or that. A lot of times, for me, I get help by, in, by um, non-direct help. Like, I like going out with friends and being in an environment bowling or skating where like we're just doing normal shit because it pulls me back into normalcy you know whereas I don't want to go and tell them I'm going through all this shit because it sends everybody in this crisis mode Um, and a lot of times it's not that I need advice (laughs) I just need normalcy and love Um, so having these different vices you know skateboarding music writing painting bowling whatever that I can access to I can um, tell you, know, really you like the hardest me. times that I had with getting out of these states were when kids were little. Right. Like that's hell. Like when you go, you're in that state and kids are little and God forbid they're sick, mm-hmm. which I'm sure I had gone through and there is no room to do anything. And then the culprit of the feelings or so you think is out on the road doing his own thing. Right. Holy shit, that is hard. That is like 
it takes you all that you know it, it took me like all the discipline to not go blow him up right yeah right because it's a contrast because it's like dudes out on the road you know with zero responsibilities or so i think and i'm at home with like sick kids dealing with these feelings like that's that's the hard part right but you know one way or another we managed to get through it i think just literally through like the sheer level of respect for each other to where we don't generally uh just dump that stuff uncensored on each other right like i don't think i've ever called you up and be like what the fuck you know how do you think i'm supposed to deal with this right yeah and that's where we we got the you know, we so fight, maybe fight that's where fight. my like stoicism <laughs> helped right but it's not easy yeah. definitely it's not easy and you know learning through the years and learning through experience and now learning through ability to share um, you know, is a really cool, uh, cool thing because you realize that hey, you know, best thing to do is go do something else. Right. Like go, but it's easier said than done because it's the last thing you you literally want to do. Your ego in your head is like, nope, we want to sit right here and spin. Right. And your ego wants to say something to the person right away, yeah. like. You know, this morning, this is a funny thing. I didn't even, I, I filtered it through. It wasn't a big deal. So I was, um, went to go get you coffee and I was looking at my social media and that really cool video article about the black couple, the extreme love couple yeah, in yeah. Nashville, it was someone posted and said, what do you think? And I went through a couple of comments and there are people were like, this is bullshit. You know, if the guy wants to have his wife and his whore, then you should just say that it's not love. It's. And it was a couple of those really vitriol comments. And, like, my ego so got so mad. I really just wanted to chime in and, like, start, you know, sending articles from, like, ancient Africa and be like, this is not your monogamy thing. Go deeper. This is not what, you know, and just, like, really go at it. And then my spirit's like, why do you care? Why do you care? Why do you care? Do you know these people? You do not know these people. Why do you care? And it was like having to like drag this person, like drag them out of the room because it's the person's like Joe Pesci who's so mad and so intense. And so like my spirit, my logic and everything is like, just go home, go eat. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're not, whatever you say to them is not going to help. It's not going to matter. And like after I ate, I sat and it's like, oh, okay, it really doesn't matter. Hmm. But like, in that state of being, if I didn't have any other way, I would need to say something. I would engage. And so that's how we feel when we're right. hurt or jealous or mad or in a state. And we know we shouldn't say something then. But that's when people say, I can't take this. This isn't working. I, can't, I just can't do this. And they let it out. And then once they let it out, it alters reality. Because any other person has to respond. Yep. You know, where it's And like, there is room to say, I don't want to, I cannot do this, this is not for me. Right. Absolutely. Like, it's not to say that, you know, if you don't feel like, if you don't say those things during the time when you're angry, you know, upset, right. jealous, or scared, then those things will never come out. They absolutely should come out if it's really how you feel. Right. 
but you know they just shouldn't be the uh, shouldn't come out when everything is so hot that we really don't know what's right what's down right. which which voice is the loudest because right. that because that may be just one of the feelings I'm feeling right and like over a period of a week that's one of them and then after that came this feeling and then this feeling and then the summation of them are all right, like say, so like thinking back to you know the actual time when um, you and I you know the the actual hour when we started the change in our relationship right you know I came across something that was super graphic and I felt all those feelings mm-hmm. right I felt the heat on my neck I felt I felt all that right uh, I didn't scream and stomp my feet and and didn't you know tell you how bad you were but I think what happened was that I had already been considering all that stuff before right. and you know realizing that it, it there's something needs to change or it's becoming way too much I had a very clear idea of what was not working mm-hmm. uh, and why and that what were the symptoms I knew that it wasn't working right because the energy the emotional energy that it was taking me to maintain my balance mm-hmm. uh was so intense that it took away from my work and the kids, like significantly so. Right. So I knew it was off balance. So when that whole, you know, the actual trigger happened, you know, I felt the feelings, but then I was able to contain them. By the time you and I went to, on a walk and, and, and talked, it wasn't a heated conversation. Mm. It was more like, hey, you know, this is just, that's where I'm at. You know, and this was a trigger to that conversation. It right. wasn't a trigger to my feelings about it. It was a real trigger for me to have a conversation that I kept pushing off and pushing off and pushing off. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the equivalent. The analogy would be if you have a you have a company and there's five partners, and there's something big goes down while three of the five partners are gone, and one is like, we have to just fire this person and do this shit right now right. right this second and the other one's like wait 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 like let's you know I feel you but let's wait till they get back right. and if we can wait even by the time they get back life and oxygen's happen to where like okay this is what happened and I'm thinking this but now I'm kind of well there's a there's an evolved feeling about it, and then when you talk right, to, to them, to create room for other opinions, for fresh air, for your own right like, other feelings to come in, and you become in a different state because right. in that time waiting, you probably ate, and you, you may come to the same things. exact conclusion. Right. It's just going to come out differently, uh, have a different emotional charge behind it, and everyone that's involved in that conclusion or in that decision will feel differently about it. Right. And so all these other these other uh, the other 3 out of the 5 so to speak, maybe your wisdom, maybe your logical mind, your rational mind. And now imagine the situation where the two people were only there, the other 3 were gone, and the one person's like, "We got to do this. Fuck it, I'm doing it." Calls a guy, "You're fucking fired. I'm not want to talk to you again." And all this shit and then you can't just blah, 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 blah person leaves. Oh, trust, I've been in those situations. Right. Then the other three come back. Hey, right. where's so-and-so? 
And then one of the guys points to the other guy like, well, he told Had the moment. This. I tried to tell yeah, him right. to wait. Right. So then what happens is the other three are mad as fuck at the one who did that. It's like, how could you make that decision without us? And then that person starts to feel bad if they decide to feel bad and then try to try to make up for it and call the guy like, I'm sorry, I was right. upset. And it's all fucked up. So that's the situation that we have, you know, that we've experienced in relationship stuff where it's like, the two people were there. One person's like, I can't do this. I can't take this anymore. I can't. I've tried. I can't. I just can't. Get and then what happens is a few days later or the next day or the next few hours, right. the other three come back and it's like, hey, what happened? And one's like, yo, I, he, they did all that. And then they go, what the fuck? Do you understand this person's an asset to us? They're so good to our company. They do so much for us. How could you make that decision without us? And then that person's like, oh, I feel so bad. And then they boing, 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 and they bounce back and forth, echo yep. chamber. Yep. But by then, is. the damage is done. Well, it's, you know, damage is right. done. The person may not feel, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, it's that understanding our committee inside of ourselves. Now, when we feel those crazy, deafening, just unsurmountable labor pains or feeling at that moment, like, that will soon pass into another form of emotion um, beyond just this one excruciating thing if we allow it to right before if, we make a decision right and if we hold on to it then we might be forced to a c-section and then with all the complications of it and consequences emotional c-section taking it out before it's ready exactly ending the labor before it's ready it's very tempting very tempting yeah but we all know that that's not you know, that's not the best outcome for everybody involved. So that's that. And then, you know, I have a whole special subset of feelings that I have learned uh, and, you know, been very intimate with through all the times of my, uh, what we now call them, spectacular face plans. Right. Um, and that's the feeling of, fuck, I wish I could undo this. Right. You know, it's like when you're in a conversation and then stuff comes out and you're at the point where like wow if only like two hours ago I would have said this instead of that right the whole thing would have been diff- different right. like how how difficult was that you mm. know and then there's a whole set of you know the shame and the different kind of fear the fear of well now he really hates me Right now, he really knows I'm not a good person. Now, what is he gonna do? And now, this particular one that I have as my partner really needs to detach fully, right, a hundred percent, to be able to process. And that's a special kind of fear mm-hmm. because you really cannot get reassurance from him. Right, like that's like so. I feel at my lowest with the most amount of shame I've ever felt like with super duper feeling of being unworthy and this person fully like proactively detaches and I don't know for how long. Right. And, you know, every subsequent time it was like, first it was like a couple hours, then maybe 12 hours, then it becomes 24 and 48 and maybe it's a week, you know, and we've gone through when it was a week and maybe next time it's longer than a week and then... You know, you go overseas and we still don't know what kind of state you're in and right. stuff. And that kind of fear, like, that's a very different. different. That one, I totally feel it's, like, full-on anxiety and full-on in my stomach. 
I like God. My friend Lizzie was fortunate enough to be present through mm-hmm. two of those, mm-hmm. and they were long term. Well, like a week, mm-hmm. and she knows because she can tell that I've lost like five pounds. Right. And that's like if I ever try to lose the extra five pounds that I think I have, that comes off in like first half a day mm-hmm. of me going through these through these emotions because the whole thing is like you know I can't eat, I don't really sleep, and I'm totally anxious. So I probably burn at least twice as much calories as I normally burn. So, you know, that's a totally super special kind of a feeling. Mm-hmm. And just like with every other feeling, you learn how to handle it by experience, through experience. And you're like, all right, we'll take this one. You know, when the last one was, you know, a week plus long, I'm like, well, right. here we go again. We just take it one day at a time. Right. You know, and you ride the waves, and sometimes the feeling is easier other times it's heavier when you think it's getting a little better and then he doesn't want to look at you again and like it just you know right it's a whole plethora of those things yeah and the crazy thing is this is this will tie into that nourish up episode is like even when we're going through stuff that we've caused we still need to give ourselves time for joy time to take a break from the processing of the of the learning of what I did wrong um, and nourishment because if we don't due to our own guilt of like I don't deserve this because I've been I fucked up it's on me I need to sit in this um, then that can warp and extend and perpetuate and create whole new sets of problems um, which can create traumas which makes it harder to go through it again if you make the same mistake because you know the other anticipatory, anticipatory fear is, last time I did this, I was so sick, I had migraines, I couldn't think, I couldn't eat, I couldn't function. I can't do that again. So if I feel like I'm going in that direction, I'd just rather blow it up, or I'd rather just be out because I can't do that again. Um, yeah, no, I think we've learned that we're both strong enough to do it again. Like I don't have uh, residual traumas from this. Uh, other than I just like I really would prefer not to. Right. But if for any reason we have to, then we just do it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's a little taste of the feelings. And, you know, there are positive feelings too. Obviously, the feeling of, you know, the feeling of joy that comes from the inclusion. Like when I first shared with her in real time that I was with somebody. And we're, I think it's getting warmer, it's getting fuzzier, and she was so excited. And her excitement made me feel amazing. Like, oh my God, like the weight of processing and, and shroudedness and, and discretion and all that shit, you can let it go. And you're like, wow, it's like that feeling, you, the joy you feel when you show somebody who you really are, and they're like, yeah. wow, this is even better than I thought you were. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck was I not doing this so long for? And you can exhale and you feel like your lung capacity is wider and your love, you love the person more and you're just so happier about shit because, you know, that that feeling of joy when you don't have to over-process, when you can actually just show somebody who you are. Or when you tell somebody, like, some true shit and they're like, damn, you know, that, fuck, that sucks. I, but I really appreciate you telling me. It helps me understand so much. Um, those are the good feelings of hard shit 
you yeah. know, joy and compersion and, um, you know, the feeling of inclusion and stuff like that. Which is still not all that, you know, I think that um, that's another thing. And I have my, I think it's a good thing to share my write-up, right? Is it good? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so when we talk about the feeling of compersion and somehow uh, we, I think, we assume that you either have it or you don't, right. first of all. Right. And if you do, then it's all good. It's all easy. It's right. beautiful. It's easy. You're just so excited about your partner experiencing these feelings with other people that it makes you so happy that you have zero negative emotions. I think that it's bullshit. Well, I mm -hmm. know it's bullshit because I totally experience both. Mm -hmm. And anyone that says that, no, you, I just feel this way. Right. You know? Yeah. I actually uh, just asked a friend of mine who, you know, like she, uh, you know, it's a married uh, lesbian couple. Mm -hmm. And one was out last night. She was like, I just slept over at this, you know, this woman I was with place. I'm like, oh, how did your wife feel about it? Right. And she's like, you know, she didn't say anything other than when should I put pick you up from Bart? Right. And I'm like, oh, so how would you feel? Right. If your wife <laughs> stayed oh. over at someone's place and she was like, hmm, you know, I'd probably, they'll probably feel a little weird uh, just, you know, imagining my, uh, somebody else enjoying my wife's body. But I think I'd be fine because I know that her priority is our family first. And I'm like, you're so full of shit. I didn't <laughs> say that to her. Right. But I'm like, you go and experience that, and I want you to document that night. Right. And then oh, tell me about it. I feel fine. It's just, yeah, right. Yeah. No, you know, it's fine. I know she's coming home. I'm like, I don't doubt she's coming home, and I don't doubt that all is great, <laughs> but your fucking human feelings, like, we're, right. we're, we're humans. We ride these emotions. Right. Like, you're, she's explaining the in summation. She's yeah. not explaining through the process. No. Right. Because no one wants to know the process, like, right. until we know the process, because it's dirty. It's right. like, it's hands-in, you know, you feel the feeling. Like, it's not a clean process. Right. Everybody it's wants messy. to package it. Right. It's messy. It's hard. You experience highs and lows all in right. succession, super highs and super lows. It's messy. Right. So I, uh, you know, when Tian was on the road, I didn't expect him to, you know, spend the night with uh, that particular person. I wasn't ready. Right. Uh, usually when I know ahead, then it kind of gives me a different way to prepare myself and right. I know what to expect. And when it's not, then it was kind of, you know, like all of my emotions were more um what's the word jumbled frazzled Ag not aggravated but amplified. amplified amplified so you know i felt through them i you know wasn't trying to blow them up or anything and i just i wanted to have a very good way of sharing with him mm -hmm. and when we talked in the morning when he popped up we had a really good conversation and i was feeling fine but I really, really felt super strongly that I wanted to share with him. Right. Because I felt it was important for him to hear me, and it was important for him to, un like, to really live through my feelings because there's going to be a time when he does that, when right. he goes on his ride, and he will experience all these feelings, and he will share them with me. And I think it's really important for both of us to be able to 
share without imposing guilt, but because we are such good buddies that we want to share. Like, I want you to know, hey, I went on this crazy ass ride last night, just like he was sharing with me his awesome night. Right. I'm like, I this is a crazy ass ride I went on. You want to hear it? Right. So I wrote it, and here's what it is. I called it surfing because that's what I felt I was doing. <sighs> right. I have done this before, this type of surfing. There's a lot that goes into into it. It's, beca- it's become an event in my life that, like most everything, has historical weight and negative emotions attached to it. Let's call it the, let's call the event fear of the big wave surfing. Writing this makes me understand that most of my negative emotions that I end up working through now are connected to fears I have collected and treasured along the way. In our current state of connection, I have not been generating new fears. I have been methodically working on diminishing the old ones. So this event last night was a very conscious exercise on my part to ride the waves with my eyes open, soul control as much as I could, and document it as much as I could. Here we go. The event always starts with with anticipation of the fear hitting. I have experienced it so many times now that it's both a blessing and a curse, the prior experience. On one hand, I know the stages so well, and I know when I will hit the bottom, how to ride out, and that will, I will absolutely not drown. That's my backbone and go-to. You know how to swim, you will be okay. Then on the other hand, knowing how emotional fear surfing feels makes you clench your butt cheeks ahead of time because you know, or assume you know, what's coming. Like when Aaron's labor hit, I freaked out because it triggered all the crazy hardship of my labor with, with Karina. So there's that, du- there's that duality there. And the duality continues through the night. I work super hard to stay connected to us, to our beautiful goal of experiencing life and love with other people as sharing, um, as sharing it inside of our love. That part pulls me wide open and I feel it so strongly. I usually am able to fall asleep while smiling, inviting all the amazing goodness, at least for a while. Last night, I could not fall asleep because the fear was amplified by the overall anxiety that I have not been able to successfully calm. Now I think it's actually made worse by this new probiotic mix I ordered Mm -hmm. and took yesterday and today. (laughs) It it has Mm -hmm. green tea extract that has caffeine in it, I think. That's funny. Turn up? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that doesn't help. Nope. Talk about amplifying it with some caffeine on it. Okay, so about last night. I felt the fear of the unknown, and I forced myself to stay open as much as I could. I hit a super rough patch at 3.30 when I cried when I didn't know what else to do with the fear, and I decided to talk to her, to know her, to befriend her, to tell her that she's, that she's teaching me what I want and how I want it, and I will learn from her. I fell asleep and had some unrelated dreams, woke up much calmer and with a deep internal smile that was stronger than the fear. I felt you, I felt us, I gave my controls to the universe and to our clear love. I got up and started doing my thing. The fear is still here, 
as is this anxiety thing i can't wait to check how much of it is from the supplement actually a lot of it was <laughs> the fear is the fear of the unknown what if you like the woman more than me what if you feel so connected that our relationship changes what if you like her booty more than mine that would be terrible all typical fears i thought i had i, I would list them to bring them out to light for us the love is us i feel us i want to be right inside of you and you hold me tight until i melt into you and cry it all out with love mm-hmm. and that's how i felt yeah and how was that was it cathartic to write it it's always cathartic to write right because it organizes my own my own thoughts and feelings right i think it probably it would probably be cathartic and organizing if many of us wrote in that state of being channel those feelings through the paper before just getting on the microphone and calling texting you know well so this one i didn't write in the middle of it right you know i think which i think is important too i wrote afterwards right and i just let during i just let myself write it out knowing that i was going to be okay right so it's like watching a movie yeah like it you, was you watch like, the movie first and then recap you don't right. write mid through the right. movie when you're like oh this is right. a scary part right yeah. right right Yep. And, you know, this was the first time that I experienced like a split personality thing Mm -hmm. where one of me was going through all this and the other one was just sitting calmly in some armchair in the corner and going like, hey, you'll be okay. This is good. You're going through it. This is good. You'll be fine. Right. This is good for you. This is fine. So in the team of two of five, one of the two was like, help the other one. So this was a doula. Right. You know, just like going through my last labor, we had a doula who was there. And it makes a huge difference to have someone who is there to just focus on you and be like, you're fine. You're doing fine. You're fine. Right. You know, that takes most of the fear away. And the only, all that's left is the actual physical emotions, like physical feelings, not right. the emotional fear that amplifies everything. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Um you know, and it's it's cool to be able to see the width of one experience from two people in a relationship. Because it's not every time you guys have an experience, one of the two people have experience that both are going to be feeling <coughs> the exact same thing at the exact same time. The, the collective joy may come later. Right. It may not be like, you know, one person, if I'm out and I'm experiencing this and it's a, it's a joyful experience... Um, you may not experience that joy right away, or at least the width of it, until later, until we come and share and we grow from it, and vice versa. And we, as as a couple, and as people talk about this, that's totally fine. Yep. And the assumption that both of you in a relationship are going to feel the exact same joy from one person's experience at the exact same time is setting yourself up for a really hard right. bar to get to. It's not a, like, you know, we've been saying it, I've been saying it, it is not a tit for tat right. at all. You cannot keep score right? at all. Like, I, I keep score by how well our life is going. Right. You know, how well our kids are doing, how much joy we can bring to other people, like how happy we feel coming home. Like, that's how I personally keep score. Not by how many times Tion had sex versus how many times I had sex versus, you know, how many sleepless nights I had versus how many he had. You know, that would be a total, that'd be setting us up for a total failure and blowout. Right. Because that's just not equal at all. 
right so you know like I was saying earlier go deeper let's all go deeper focus on the nutrients on the feelings on the goals we want truth we want honesty we want each other to to experience life as they're supposed to and we want to be a part of that and assist and support that um and we know we're not perfect and we know it's not easy so if we stick to those things of being grateful of giving space of normalizing and including and nourishing and all these beautiful things like that um that will tell us where we should be but if we're on if we're on the surface and the template and we're, we're, we're chasing structure and uh so focus on the object referral symbols, then we'll be in deep poop. Yep. Deep poopies. Um, so do you want to? Well, I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at that, and it looks like we are getting close to the end, so maybe we should save that. All right. Save that for the next episode. We have two um, things saved up. For yeah, we have two things saved up because, ooh, because I think... I think what it is, is um, one of the cool things, maybe next episode, because what I started to do on the road was listen to our podcast. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> um, oh, again. my God. And I would, like, chime in if I was listening. Yeah. I would, like, pause and, like, chime in on, oh, well, now we think about this differently. Or Yeah, there's know. just so much. I mean, it's amazing just to watch a little podcast that could go from, like, this one podcast to... 34 podcasts which each of them average about an hour and a half if not more of just like pure unadulterated raw content um and it's just uh, so much i mean i only got through episode seven <laughs> and i was on you know so i think what we'll do is among the other things that will come up during our next podcast that we're thinking about and we'll think about maybe you guys will email us at the black russian podcast at gmail.com some ideas is kind of recap and adjust and add some things, add some colors and amendments and updates. You know, we've had several, we probably have more updates than we think we have because we haven't even talked sure. about certain things. Um, but really go through all that stuff and then share that way we can do it in its width because these are rich things. It's not an anecdote. No. You know, it's a, it's a serious thing. And, you know, you guys have been with us through the face planning. It's only uh, fair that you see when we navigate it where we don't face plant sometimes but um <clears throat> yeah it'll be awesome it'll be awesome so yeah this is episode 34 the black russian podcast uh i'm grateful for being able to do the podcast whether we are doing the phone tap remix or doing the live on a box of instant oatmeal and kleenex <laughs> watching football in your office i think that's pretty cool um i'm grateful for just enjoying this time uh, the road trip with you was super cool. Like, we didn't talk about that much at all. I flew out, and then we road tripped back in the car. Like, took us five days. That was really super cool. So that was, like, a 100% happy, calm, very connected experience. I loved all of it. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I'm definitely grateful for... All the insane, really cool, really needed travel I've done in the last, the tail end of the summer. <laughs> um, just to really shake all the woolies out and to feel that I'm fully ready for the fall. Yeah. I'm ready for the fall. The fall routine, the leaves, 
the holly the early nights the raining and going to bowling when it's raining outside and football and basketball and you know whatever stuff and people we come across that inquires encompasses fall yep uh always grateful for our kids watching them to really do what they're doing is amazing i only wish i could do at 16 and 20 and 10 what you know they're able to do and that's i think that's the coolest gift that the kids give us is to watch them in awe and be like whoa yeah that is pretty amazing um and I'm grateful for the circumstances, the privileges that we have to be able to focus so heavily on relationships, our relationships, sharing this stuff, and um, just nerding out on stuff that I feel is super important. And maybe a lot of people are just really super busy, so maybe it's our role to do like the deep digging on this. You know, everyone nerds yeah. out on something else, and we share. Like we don't nerd out on like home improvement or electronics or technology so we need people who do and we appreciate people that do because we don't but we nerd out on this and hopefully it's of service and it's helpful for you guys we're grateful for your ears new and old um whether you write us or whether you're not we appreciate it subscribe 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 leave comments that helps a lot we do want to take this on the road we do want to go to different cities and cafes and spots and actually have these conversations it would be we amazing. should just go and start setting up it's like hey we're going to be at this fucking right. cafe and yeah and yeah. moscow idaho if you're around right. come through exactly right. yeah, and we, just do it we could and then i guess if no one comes we could just set up like we yeah. did the cafe and do the podcast yeah. we've done it before exactly true indeed so we're grateful for all that and we appreciate you guys again again and again all right thank you guys ready yeah roll it out tian buku one and this is your life outro bye lila aiki enjoy